Hello, and welcome to The Writer Type, an invaluable resource for writers and anyone else who intended to start work first thing in the morning straight after dealing with a couple of things that turned out to take a little bit longer than expected, so now it would be more sensible to have an early lunch and really get down to it in the afternoon. Caution. The following material is inedible and is for display purposes only. Today we're going to talk about fitness and health. So, if you just pop your clothes off and slip into this gown that doesn't do up, good. Lie down on the examination table, please. Don't worry about the gown, nobody's going to see you. Except the medical students who'll be watching. Ah, here they come. Don't pay any attention to them. Just remember, laughter is the best medicine, so you should be feeling a lot better very soon, as they really seem to be enjoying it. Now, take a deep breath, please. And let me see your tongue. Good. And follow my finger. Look at my ear. Admire my nose. Ignore the blackhead. I'm saving it for a special occasion. Good. And look at the chart on the wall. Top line, please. Uh, what word do those letters spell? I've been trying to find out for years. I think it may be some kind of Slavic language. No? All right. Roll over. Play dead. Shake hands. Good dog. And breathe out. Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is that from a medical perspective, you appear to be completely healthy. The bad news is that I'm not a real doctor. But hey, nobody's perfect. Now, in many ways, a writer is like an athlete, except that a writer sits around all day and doesn't get much exercise. But apart from that, they're very similar. Writers may be less prone to catastrophic physical injury, but they often suffer very profoundly in many other ways, as you may be aware. And if you're not, they'll be sure to tell you. But if people don't wish to discuss the existential futility that makes all human endeavour a cruel and meaningless farce, they shouldn't say good morning in the first place. You see, writing is a lonely, anguished craft, unless you're doing it wrong. Or unless you do it with someone else, which can be even worse. Especially if they then become successful and you don't, and you have to pretend to be pleased for them while all the time your blood is boiling in a toxic stew of self-pity, rage and bitter resentment. That can be pretty traumatic. So I've been told. Meanwhile, writers and athletes both face the temptation of using drugs to enhance their performance. But the problem with writing on drugs is that you keep going for 36 hours, producing what you think is work of unsurpassed genius, but which turns out, when you read it later, to be utter drivel. So I've been told. So, the message is, when you're writing, it's vital to take regular breaks. Make them fairly frequent, then make them longer, then gradually increase the frequency and the length of the breaks, and eventually you'll have a different life altogether. You'll have given up the whole idea of writing and be ready to start a new productive existence in the real world. However, if you still insist on being a writer, the paradox you have to face is that the better your work is going, the less inclined you are to take a break and the more you need one. But what if you're on a roll and thousands of words of sparkling prose are pouring out of you in an unstoppable torrent? Well, you should probably be drinking much less coffee. There comes a point when you have to recognise that you're burning out. If, for example, your keyboard is covered in white powder and it's not cocaine, it's definitely time to wash your hair and put on some clothes. Open the curtains. Force yourself to leave your workspace. Try not to scare your spouse or partner. Ask the kids to stop crying and explain who you are. See if you can remember where the front door is. Open it. 
go outside and take a walk. And now you're out there, is there a way you can actually do your writing while going for a walk? The difficulty with this, I've found, is that you tend to spill your drink and bump into people. Meanwhile, for those of us still sitting at our desks, are there actually ways to incorporate physical activity into our creative work routine? Absolutely. For example, a surprisingly large number of writers draw inspiration from the rich tapestry of ordinary human experience provided by watching daytime television. Why not improve your fitness level by walking to the TV to change the channel instead of using the remote? You can even exercise without getting up from your desk. Try lifting a full mug of coffee up and down with one hand a few times while typing with the other. But be careful you don't spit... What? Oh, I see. Sorry, that was where the coffee uh, went all over the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, OK, forget about that. Let's look at some other options. And to do that, let us take a journey into the brain itself and explore the awesome power of the human mind. No, not like that. I'm talking about proper science. Because recent neurological research has shown that we may be able to replicate the physical effects of an activity simply by imagining it. Scans show that when you visualise yourself doing an exercise, the same parts of the brain are active as when you actually do it. This has interesting implications. So, let's try an experiment. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself getting ready to go for a run. Visualise getting changed into, I don't know, lightweight top, perhaps, running shorts or, or leggings, but not those socks. Come on, get some clean ones. Good. Now, visualise yourself leaving the house. And let's start by gently jogging. Hold on, have you got your keys? All right, if you're sure. So, let's head for the park. And as we get warmed up, we can increase the pace a little. That's the way. Oh. Feel those muscles begin to stretch. <laughs> well, I haven't done this for for a while, but it's good to be running out in the open in the in the fresh air and feel the burn. Oh, oh, it's quite tiring though. But hey, no pain, no gain. <laughs> Got to push through. Oh, I can't remember when I last did this. Oh, maybe maybe I'd better ease off a bit. I'm not getting any younger after all. A bit sudden to do. Ah. Pain in my left arm. Oh, God, that hurts like hell. Oh, shit, it's in my chest now. Oh, what's happening? Oh, the pain. Oh, ah, falling over. No, no, this can't be. Oh, no. Please. Where am I? What's happening? Oh, no, don't say this is... Oh, my God. Yes. Wait. Are you... Yes. But that means... Oh, no. Look, it was just a visualisation exercise. It was all in my imagination. I, I, I didn't think I would actually, you know... Bloody writers. Too much imagination. That's your trouble. Yes, but I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's not really real, though, is it? I mean, I mean, can I go back now? I'd better check your record. Let me see. Oh, well, I didn't expect you to use a computer. That looks like a pretty old MacBook. Maybe you should upgrade. Yes, that's what Steve keeps telling me. I'm not falling for that. He must think I'm an idiot. Ah, here we are. Hmm, I see. It says you're an atheist. 
Oh, no, no, no. Recently, I've, I've begun to understand there's a, a good scientific case for believing in, in you know, a, a universal consciousness, some kind of all-pervasive entity of infinite dimensions. Do you mind? I've actually lost weight, as it happens. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean to be rude. Look, what I'm saying is that I, I do actually believe in you. Bullshit. And to be honest, I don't believe in me either. I'm more of a Buddhist, really. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got people to see, prayers to answer, that kind of thing. Oh, and you can go back home, by the way. Cheerio. Wait, wait. Uh, have you got any advice on the subject of writers and health and fitness? Well, nutrition is very important, apparently. My wife is very keen on all that. She's a qualified nutritionist. Although it's not really a medical qualification, it's an online course she did. Bit of a scam, if you ask me. Sorry, you, your wife? Yes, she's the one who runs everything. I'm just a kind of brand ambassador, if you like. Now, I really must go. I hope you don't mind seeing yourself out. Wow, that gave me a bit of a scare. But if there's one thing we've learned from that little experiment, it's the importance of good nutrition. It's undeniable that writers often don't get the nourishment required for optimum well-being. So perhaps we need to think about nutritional supplements. Because you never really feel 100%, do you? There's always the sense you're not quite at the top of your game. That constant feeling of being just a bit under the weather. You get aches and pains and you're slightly tired all the time. And it's probably something to do with potassium or, or calcium or ginkgo or selenium or, or one of those things. Some kind of deficiency, not enough sodium or possibly too much sodium. It's difficult to know. The same goes for omega-3 and, and glucosamine. Or, or do I mean acidophilus, enzymes, turmeric, that kind of thing. Uh, then you've got to think about essential oils, also inessential oils. And what about avoidable oils? It's all very confusing. The problem is there are so many products out there and there's no way of knowing if any of them really work. And if you do buy this stuff, you wonder if perhaps you're just being gullible. But that's not a problem. If you think you may be suffering from gullibility, I can sell you some fantastic pills to cure that. Don't worry about it. And let's face it, perhaps the best thing you can do for your health is to stop worrying about it. Because the real killer for the writer is stress. Either you get stressed because you've got too much to do, or you get stressed because you're guilty about not doing enough. Either way, stress is the enemy. And that's why some writers choose to begin the day with yoga. Other writers choose to begin the day with lunch. And that's a very sensible lifestyle choice if you can afford it. But for those of us who can't, is yoga the answer? Personally, I've always had a bit of a problem with yoga. In principle, I've got nothing against the idea of beginning the day by standing on my head. It's just that most of my days begin with the feeling that someone has already stood on it. But luckily, there are other things you can do in the morning to relieve stress. And when you've done that, have a shower. And then perhaps consider the idea of meditation or even just basic mindfulness, which is becoming increasingly popular. So why don't we try it? No time like the present, OK? Good. So make yourself comfortable and begin by just breathing. Relax your mind and be aware of your body. Allow yourself to inhabit the space you occupy. Be conscious of the air around you. Perhaps it's a bit on the cool side. Never mind, it is what it is. 
even if it is actually quite chilly. Uh, don't worry. Yes, you could turn the heating up, but just, just allow that thought to dissolve. Like, really, let it go. And just focus on the present moment. The sounds around you, the play of light and shadow, even if there isn't much light. Doesn't matter. Perhaps you're sitting in the dark. That's fine. Or perhaps there's just not much light. And when was the last time those windows were clean? It's the kind of job you somehow never get around to. It's so rare to see window cleaners in the street these days. There's a nursery rhyme or something about window cleaners, isn't there? Butcher, baker, window... Oh, no, that's butcher, baker, candlestick maker. <laughs> wow, not much call for them anymore, candlestick makers. Well, I suppose people still use candlesticks, churches and so on. Candlesticks. Which reminds me, I must check the settings on my phone. Wait, why am I thinking about that? I was thinking about window cleaners and now I'm thinking about my phone settings. How did that happen? I went from window cleaners to candlestick makers. Candlesticks, candle, wax, which reminded me that I wanted to have my ears checked for wax. I was worried about my hearing because a couple of times I haven't heard my phone ringing when I've been in the shower, but now I realise I may have turned the volume down recently for some reason, so I'd better check the settings. <laughs> there you go. It's all perfectly logical. Uh, now, what was I doing? Oh, right, mindfulness. Uh, well, that's enough of that. We haven't got all day. You can't always find the time for these things, and sometimes you simply forget to do your mindfulness, and that's basically absent mindfulness. Then you have to remember to do it by practising remindfulness, and then you give up, which is called oh-never-mindfulness. But perhaps we're making all this too complicated. In many ways, the best approach to taking care of your health is simply to use your common sense. But if writers were any good at that, they would have chosen a different career in the first place. So maybe it's worth reminding ourselves of some basic rules. First of all, just eat a healthy, balanced diet. Of course, there are different opinions about what that might actually mean. It's noticeable that food and meals feature prominently in the work of many writers, and none more so than Charles Dickens. He has some claim to being the original foodie writer, and he had strong ideas about what makes a proper meal. As it happens, we've obtained an extract from a recently discovered unpublished novel that conjures up a classic Dickensian feast. It's not hard to imagine the great man sitting at his desk, penning the following words. As he entered the room, it was perchance only the obstinate thickness of his juvenile skull that prevented his young eyes from popping out of his head. For there before him, upon the mighty groaning table in Mrs. Pimple Fanny's kitchen, was arrayed a repast the like of which little Horace was convinced no human gaze had ever previously beheld. At the centre of this stupendous feast, rested a creature to which the name Turkey would scarce do justice. It was an emperor among fowl, holding court amid a vast and various retinue, the profusion of vegetables steaming and smoking in their dishes, the rich, luscious gravies, the subtle, tantalising sauces, the majestic, succulent puddings. Charles? Uh, yes, dear? Your luncheon is served? Thank you, dear. And uh, what am I having for my luncheon? An apple and some broth. May I not have just a morsel of meat? No, Charles. You know what the doctor said. Now come along. It's on the table. Very well, dear. I'll just finish this passage I'm writing. <clears throat> At that moment... A heavy tread was heard, and Mrs. Pimple Fanny herself lumbered into the room like a plague cart full of putrid, decomposing corpses. 
By her side was the gloomy figure of Dr. Nobcheese, a gaunt and skeletal apparition, as if the charred timbers of an orphanage, partially destroyed by fire, had become animate. Little Horace took a large carving knife from the table and leapt upon the intruders, stabbing them to death in an orgy of frenzied butchery. <sighs> I love a happy ending. Hmm, no wonder that was never published. So let's move on to the second of the basic rules I was talking about. Sleep. Not now, wait until I've finished. But when you do sleep, it's important to get enough of it, even if you sometimes wake up during the night, which can be useful if you keep a pencil and notebook beside your bed, because you might wake up with an interesting idea and be able to write it down while it's still fresh in your mind. Or perhaps you've had a particularly vivid dream, and dreams can be a terrific source of ideas and inspiration. Often, a strange dream is your own subconscious trying to tell you something or make valuable creative connections. Some people find that by reliving the dream, they can actually continue it when they go back to sleep and immerse themselves in a powerful, ongoing narrative. And if you can't get back to sleep, don't stress about it. Try reading a book for a while. If that doesn't work, try writing a book or anything else that you're working on. Get out of bed and go to your desk. Make sure you don't get cold, so wear pyjamas, dressing gown, whatever. Just start writing and keep going until you get tired. And if that doesn't happen, don't worry, just let the creative juices flow. Before you know it, you may find it's morning already, the sun is up, and it's time for breakfast. So, just eat whatever you normally have, but don't take too long over it because it's a school day, remember. In fact, you need to hurry up. Look at the time. Ah, oh, sorry, if you haven't finished your breakfast, that's your problem. Come on, you don't want to be late. Get moving. Got everything? Good, off you go. And look, you're at school already. You got here just in time. Oh no, you're still in your pyjamas, but only the top part. You're naked from the waist down, and you're a fully grown adult. What are you doing back at school? Everyone's laughing at you. Ah, oh, wait a moment. I see what happened. You were in bed, writing down the dream you had, just as I suggested, and then you went back to sleep, and this is still the dream. But it's time to wake up, because now it really is morning. Come on, get out of bed. You've got work to do. And you've got a deadline, remember? You've got to get to that meeting, which is probably the most important meeting of your life. But how are you going to make it in time? You're late already, and you're running through the airport, but somehow you're not getting any nearer the check-in desk, and you're carrying a glass suitcase full of snakes. Oh, sorry, it's another dream. <laughs> Look, just wake up in your own time. And there you go. Talking of time, your alarm clock is ringing. And now it's melting. And now there's a faceless monk in the corner of your bedroom, and now he's turned into a fish wearing a bowler hat, who seems to be great friends with your mother, who must have got in through the roof. Yes, now you notice it, the whole ceiling is missing, which is why you're falling out. Falling. 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 Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Help. 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 Hello, and here's today's writing tip. Write about what you know but as if you knew a lot more than you do and were a much better writer.